and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, Off Topic, a show where we talk about, well, usually talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today, we're talking about nothing. Something? So apparently 150 topics is all Chris could come up with because now we have nothing to talk about. But we are professionals. Okay, not really. But we are really good at talking about nothing. So let's see how this goes. But first, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison and the SGC. And a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. Yeah, I just couldn't bring myself to actually creating a topic for this episode. It it felt like it felt like we needed to have a catch-up episode that we could just talk about whatever we wanted. So what do we want to talk about? We could talk about the fact that I was like, oh, I can't hear myself very well as I read that intro and just realize that my headphones were not plugged in. That's fair. At least you are recording, though, right? <laughs> I am recording. <laughs> Remember, pseudo Talk about the 4th of July. Yes. How did you guys' 4th of July go? Very fun. Excellent. Uh, that's that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we discovered... It was a good 4th. <laughs> we discovered Player 3 does not enjoy fireworks all that much. He doesn't... Mm, loud explosions. ...not enjoy them. He was he was unsure, though. Hmm. Yeah, Zach well, didn't get to watch any fireworks, but that's okay. Fletcher, how did your uh, fourth go? I actually didn't watch too many fireworks, but I did set them off, some off, this weekend. Um, I was in Michigan at a lake house, so that was a lot of fun. Where fireworks that leave the ground are illegal, except, and I'm pretty sure this is a um, kind of a Michigan urban myth, on the 4th of July, when they are legal. But I'm pretty sure that's not true. So, that's if you live true. in Michigan, don't... <laughs> Don't. I believe the rule is the day before, the day of, and the day after on like firework holidays are okay. <laughs> but any other time, I don't think it's actually okay. I'm but everyone else was setting off fireworks, so it seemed to be okay. Yeah, it's I'm pretty sure the cops Illinois. just looked the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like there's too many people to worry about. It's the 4th of July. People are celebrating. Maybe we shouldn't just go and arrest everyone. Yeah, we were in Pennsylvania where it is the first year. That fireworks are legal. Maybe, maybe the second. It's like the first or second year. So there are lots of like really weird and ridiculous rules that go along with it. Um, so that was kind of fun. My uncle was telling everyone all these stories about like you basically get frisked going in to make sure you're you don't have any lighters on you, so you can't light the entire fireworks store on fire. <laughs> yeah, living growing up in Michigan and living in Illinois. Indiana's between the two, and you can buy all kinds of fireworks as you drive between you them. You can buy literally anything in Indiana. There are yeah. no rules. <laughs> nope. You go to the gas station, <laughs> and there's a fireworks station next or fireworks shop next to the gas station. One match, and you blow up half the state. It's, it's true. Yeah. Honestly, it's but, the same in Wisconsin. Yeah. In Wisconsin, so, they pop up tents next to gas stations, and they don't even have buildings. It's just a tent full of fireworks. It's actually required. <laughs> yeah. It's an ordinance. There must be a fireworks station. There's a gas station. Where is your fireworks stand? <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Yeah, there was a, a kid standing next to the gas pump the last time I filled up in Indiana, like handing out $5 cars for free fireworks. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm okay. And then I look over and I'm like, oh, you're just literally from the tent over there. Yeah, maybe I could go look. But I didn't. Although I do like those little the little things you throw when they snap pop those all the lamest fun. fireworks <laughs> yeah i also like the snakes that like you just heat them up and then they create i like those ones too. i do like snakes and spencer says those are the actual lamest firework because they're not even a firework they're just like a thing that happens but the best thing i ever saw it was uh 
It was a dog-shaped piece of cardboard with a snake in its butt, and when you heated it up, it pooped. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was worried that we wouldn't be able to talk off topic. I'm not worried anymore. We're doing so good. (laughs) What we've determined so far is both of you guys don't like fireworks. You like lame crap. (laughs) I actually really like fireworks. I uh, personally enjoy a fountain because you get to like enjoy it close up and it looks like the same drama of the shooty ups fireworks but shells yeah, yeah don't thank they have you. Are, are the roman words <laughs> are the roman candles the ones that are like fountains but then occasionally they'll shoot something in the air as well and then look pop in the yeah. air i thought a roman I like candle ones. was just the one that like you held and it shot out like five sparks Okay, pro tip to anybody listening, don't actually hold any fireworks. <laughs> I know, like, people hold them, but please don't do that. <laughs> it's not actually a candle. It's not. It is an explosive device. Don't hold it. Exploding in your hand. So my brother is actually a safety officer, and this weekend him and his friends also shot off a bunch of fireworks, and he also supervised me putting the roof rack on my mom's car, and he was just like... I'm going to get fired from my job so many times if they find out about my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> it's research. You have to know the unsafe things to do so that you know when other people are doing them. Yeah, he allowed me to climb up a metal ladder onto the roof of my mom's SUV during a thunderstorm to put the roof right <laughs> yeah. on the car. <laughs> but this did is he- OSHA approved. <laughs> <laughs> but he, tol- he told you it was not safe, though, right? Yes. Yes, he did. All right. And he Did he make sure it was on roller skates? <laughs> <laughs> Please. They were roller blades. Yes. <laughs> it was actually perched on top of an office chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the ladder was anchored, obviously. Yeah. yeah. The uh, ladder was too heavy, so we rolled it out on an office chair, and then we <laughs> went to the roof of the car. So so what we're saying is we had a good Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> Fletcher's was the safest. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. Well, I try to be. <laughs> yeah, we, we flew to Orlando for 4th of July. Um, Zach did a pretty good job flying down there, but that first day, he forgot how to sleep. So we had the, our first experience with a sleep-deprived baby, and we tried everything. We Like, I went to They're CVS so and bought... so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I bought every baby medicine. I'm like, maybe he's teething. I'm like, he's not teething, but I maybe he is. I don't know. And maybe he has an upset stomach, and maybe, maybe he just hates us. And turns out he was just super, super tired. Um, but yeah, that, so that was miserable. So the rest of the <laughs> week... too tired to sleep. <laughs> yep. That's the thing with I did babies. some research. <laughs> I know. Overtired. And then they just get, like, nothing. They go nothing insane. makes them happy. It's awful. Yeah, so when he finally did go to sleep, we're just like, oh. And we were just petrified for the rest of the weekend that we were going to miss a nap and it was going to happen again. (laughs) So we spent the fourth inside the room making sure he was napping every two hours and sleeping for as long as possible. Um, Yeah, but it was was still fun. We played a lot of games in the room and it rained because it was Florida. So it was 95 degrees and raining pretty much the entire time. But no fireworks. I think there's an ordinance in Orlando where you're not allowed to shoot fireworks. It's actually in the in the parks themselves you can't, but outside the park. I thought I saw a thing that said fireworks were illegal to buy in Florida unless you signed a thing saying that you were using them as a farm equipment to scare off birds. <laughs> it was unless just- you're also using it to sell gas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I am I not going to Google any of this. I read it unsubstantiated on the internet, so <laughs> yeah. don't quote no. me. <laughs> I'm not going to Google any of this because it's more fun to just make stuff up. Yeah. 
I like that. So, did you guys play in Florida? Any- don't they have like drive-through uh, liquor stores? Is that a state that has that? Michigan has drive-through liquor stores. Okay, well, not a lot of them, but they exist. Florida is anything like Michigan. They should also have drive-through firework stores because that just seems perfect. <laughs> I think Mississippi is the only state in the U.S. where it is legal for you to drink while you're driving, as long as you are not over the legal limit. Texas, you can have open containers, but the driver can't drink. I think that's Louisiana too. Yeah. Like the Gulf Coast is where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If that's your thing. They know how to party. <laughs> and no offense to anyone in Florida, but I'm pretty sure the panhandle of Florida probably has some drive through liquor stores. It's it's the south of Florida. <laughs> Even though it's north of the rest of the state. <laughs> it's true. It's like the further you go north in Florida, the more you're going north. <laughs> the closer to culture. Alabama you get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now that we've uh, alienated all of our southern listeners. <laughs> I know. If we're wrong, Midwestern email us, let values. us know. It's okay. I'm from Texas. They can take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas, where it's illegal to not have a gun rack in your truck pickup truck. All right. Do you guys play any games this weekend? Because I want to talk about a couple. Uh, I played some Wingspan. Okay. But that was um, it. I did not. All right. Well, I bought Wingspan because... Oh. You bought it. I did because... Did finally come in... No. And I texted uh, Tim. Because someone else stole your call, copy? <laughs> because someone stole my copy. But I texted Tim. I'm like, okay, when are you going to get Wingspan? Because I don't want to buy it if you're going to have it in. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't think we're going to get any in stock until October. And then I looked over. And I mean, I looked Tim, over. Tim, your dealer. Tim Tim is my dealer. He's, he's the owner of the game <laughs> store down the street from me. Um, but I did this because the uh, Meeple Source had a just, I don't know, probably 100 copies and they were selling them at Dice Tower Con. And I'm like, well, I really want to support my local store, but there are 100 copies over there, and I must have one now. So I bought Wingspan. Um, Kitty, we got you some stuff, too, because Sydney saw some stuff that she said, we must get Kitty this. And then she's like, we must get Kitty that. So I'm not going to tell you what it <laughs> is. I love Sydney. Nah, she's, she's great. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting, we have you a, a this and a that. Um, but we played a game called Grim Masquerade, which is done by the same people as um, Grim Forest. And I remember talking about this on Dice Tower News. After playing it, it is super, super cool. It is a social deduction game that would be kitty approved. Because number one, it's all like the Grim Fairy Tale things. And what you're trying to do is there's eight different characters and each person has a character card. There's no special powers or anything, but there's one item that you want three of, and there's another item that you don't want two of. And on your turn, you're going to draw a card, and you're going to either keep that item or give it to someone else. And if you give it to someone else, you draw the next card and you have to keep it. If you keep the first one, then the next card you have to give to someone else. As soon as someone has two of an item, they have to say whether or not they are the character that doesn't want those two items and so through process of elimination and there's some accusation powers and things like that you try to figure out who is who but if you get your three items then you win that round and you get how many ever points and you play a number of rounds and that's the whole game it's super easy to teach it's super fun and it has i think it plays eight players so it can play anywhere from two to eight so it's it's kind of it's a cool game um, I also played Second Chance, which is a new flippin' right by Uwe Rosenberg. Um, it's kind of a, it's more of like a patchwork. So you get these Tetrisy pieces that you have to try to put into this, uh, I'm going to say 10 by 10. Yeah, you've got a grid, basically, and you flip the, 
Isn't it you flip two pieces each time and then two pieces, choose yep. which one? And if neither of them fit, you get one second chance. And if you can't fit that one, you're out. And it keeps going yep. until everyone's and out. S- and Sydney was destroying me. We played this game twice and, and ended up <laughs> buying it. And both times she like filled up her entire board. And both times I was out and she had like six more turns left before she was out. I'm like, <laughs> I've been thinking about picking this one up. It's it's really good. I like it a lot. Um, it's one of those rolling rights that does not scale to huge numbers because you have that extra card you're going to flip if you weren't able to. And then everyone has to wait for that person. But um, anywhere from two to probably six or so. I don't know what the box says, but it'd probably play easily up to six. Uh, so that's second chance. And then the other rolling right we got because we could only play games that were in a very, very small time frame. <laughs> And Welcome to Cons with Babies. Yep. And this was Imperial Settlers Roll and Write, which is... I also talked about in, on Dice Tower News. Yeah, it is. <laughs> or I made you talk about it, maybe. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's super, super thinky. When you first look at it, you get 10 turns to to finish the whole game. And you do some things. You're, you're going to... There's resource dice that you roll, and there's food and wood and brick and gold. And then you there's an action die that tells you how many actions you get. And different actions allow you to spend your resources in different ways, and you can harvest resources. And you get 10 rounds. So you're going to roll the dice 10 times. And at first, we're like, that doesn't seem like enough. Maybe it's 10 rolls each? It's like, no, no, no. I double-checked the book. It's definitely just 10 total. By the time we got to round seven or eight, there was so much to keep track of. And I like... I, I had to use an extra spreadsheet just to keep track of my roll and write <laughs> sheet. It was a ton of fun though. And I'm like, all right, let's play this again. Cause there's, it's just, it's really, really thinky. There's like, like a ton of game to the game. And then the, there's a solo version of it, which has you play. So they just have like the tear off pads that you do with like a lot of roll and rice have. The solo version has 48 sheets and each sheet is completely different. So it's like a different set of buildings every time. So you play through, quote unquote, a campaign and trying to beat your score. But every time you have a different set of buildings that you can build. That's fun. Yeah. Hmm. So I really liked it. Um, I think that was all I did. That was my Dice Tower You played almost all roll and rights. (laughs) Almost all roll and rights. And you picked up, did you actually play Wingspan or did you just buy it? I just bought it. Because that one, that was a little, <laughs> was a bit much to set up in the hotel room on the small table. That's true. But it does we, have kind of a big footprint for. Yep. We did pick up a couple decks of Keyforge. Um, and what? we brought some Keyforge with us. So no. we played a, some Keyforge. Never. <laughs> that was just, just a little bit. It was it was fine. It was fun. Um, we played a lot of Harry Potter. A lot. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. A lot it. of Harry Potter what? Uh, the uh, wizarding wizard? No, wizards unite. The Harry Potter oh, Pokemon Go that, thing. The the app one. <laughs> <laughs> the I, app one. Silly me, I thought you were talking about a board game. No, but there is a new board game coming out at Gen Con, which is a Harry Potter dueling deck building game. I think so. I did not see that one though. Oh, and the other thing that I found out on my way is that in Century Golem Edition, I've talked about a few times, and Century is a trilogy. And but if you get the second or third one, you can only use like the base one. So you're pushing around little wooden cubes. But the second one is coming out in Gollum Edition at Gen Con. So I will have the second version, and then the third one has to come out. So then I will actually play the second and third one because it'll be cool with big crystals. I'm excited. <laughs> Kitty sneezing. You yeah. can do it. I'm so allergic <laughs> to everything. Trying not to sneeze. 
I'm really trying not to sneeze in the microphone. Fletcher, you don't listen to Dice Tower News, do you? I don't. Um, I listen to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Fletcher, pull out your phone. Subscribe. Everyone else yeah, is just give us the numbers. Subscribe. We don't care if you listen. Just subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> just subscribe to it. Sydney did the news with me, and I will say she has a talent that I did not realize, which is she is a master at cold reading. Like she, you mean she nailed, shows us up? And I was embarrassed, like in in real time, embarrassed. She missed a the, no. She added a the once in the entire script. That was the only thing she messed up. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's pretty good. It was yeah. Since insane. we normally record for twice as long as it takes us to actually read the things. Yeah, I went back and was doing the editing, and I'm like, oh, "That's me. That that's me. That that's me." It was she was she was quite good. Um, but yeah, we did a special Dice Tower Awards episode. So yeah, it's in my queue to actually listen to that one. It's pretty good. Um, I like. As I was putting it together, I was going to do a normal, like, new releases and hotness and Kickstarter section. But I'm like, nah, there's too much here. And the script just went on. Like, we did the entire Dice Tower Awards. It still took, like, I don't know, 12 or 13 minutes to, like, the final version. So, but yeah, let's see what. Oh, speaking of subscriptions, I hear you guys were had a part in one of my Father's Day gifts. Oh, yes. (laughs) I mean,. To say we had a part in it, I don't know. I think we had it, a minor role in a editing. very minor part. <laughs> very, yeah. very, very minor. So, how did that come about? Sydney shot me a text of a screenshot of your yeah <laughs> um, overcast ad. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I got a and screenshot then, and said, "Does this look good?" I said. That- yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all that happened. Yeah, she was like, "What do you think about this?" I'm like, "That looks great, great, awesome." I think that's a great idea. Well, and she did all the work. Yeah, Sydney gets all the well, credit. Her and her dad. It ended up giving us about an eight percent boost in listenership. So not too bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. So for those not following along, Overcast is a podcast app on iOS, and you can get ads on it. And for Father's Day, Sydney got me an ad to the podcast on there. And like pretty much every day she was reporting back how many new subscribers we got, how many new subscribers we got. So for those of you who came to us from Overcast, welcome. And we're glad you're here and you can have my wife to thank for it. And if you don't like what you listen to, well, you can only blame us. But thanks for the subscription anyway, even though you've probably unsubscribed by now. Write us a review (laughs) on a piece of paper and then throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to get in contact with us. Yep. Yep. If you don't like it, trash it. Okay. Um, I have a note in here. It says venue and marriage. Fletcher, that's you. Oh, uh, <clears throat> well, so Carmen and I have pretty much picked a venue of where we're going to get married. It's going to be in Chicago. Um, and everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. So everyone come along and it'll be a great time. <laughs> um, yeah, so we think we picked a venue, and it's actually, I mean, I guess both of you guys have gone through this. It's its hard to, like, pick and find a venue to figure out, you know, where you're going to get married and how much money you're going to spend. So, hopefully, we'll get this nailed down. I, I was actually looking over the contract earlier today, and, um, yeah, everything looks good. I'm excited. Yeah, I actually hired someone to help, and it was our, our office manager, uh, she oh was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's Anne. like, yeah, and she's like, I don't, I don't know, I'll do it for you free. I'm like, no, 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 no. There is way too much work here. But if you would let me pay you, I am more than happy 
because you can coordinate this stuff way better than I can. And within 24 hours, she found like three different venues that were perfect. And it was just a matter of like, wait, we went from not having any choices at work to having too many. Where, what are we going to (laughs) do? So, but yeah, now this is, this is the easy part. It only gets worse from here. Oh, it only gets harder. Well, good thing I have two years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you start looking at catering and alcohol. Well, so they, they will do the, the catering we're gonna go with them that's um, so the place actually does have catering it is expensive uh but it's what we've decided to, <laughs> to do honestly the more work that because you it can, makes it easier yeah the more that you can make easy for you on the day the better you'll have several years afterwards to regret all the money you wasted i spent on it um invested, <laughs> invested in it um but yeah on the day of you really don't want to be worrying about anything yeah but. so all that's included uh, even the cake is included, actually, which is kind of cool. Nice. They have like a actually like a pastry chef on site that, with your catering, they will give you a cake that will fit the number of people that you need to that need to have cake, <laughs> and you just choose like a style and a flavor and a, some other things. So it's my it security- goal at weddings to always get three pieces of cake. So you should budget that in. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a security <laughs> officer making sure that they get the allotted amount of cake? So we're we're also going to tack on like an extra dessert kind of like buffet thing because they've succeeded. So at every wedding I've attended, yeah. <laughs> in getting get my three pieces cake. of cake, all you got to do is go to the bride and groom and take their cake. You know, they never get to I've eat succeeded it anyway. without doing that. <laughs> I've taken my sister's cake. Did you just go to three different people and give <laughs> get their cake? <laughs> so it depends on like how accommodating the wait staff is. Usually they'll just give me more cake. I'm very good at yeah. making friends with white staff. Yeah. That's the it way is to a get a superpower of mine too. It's it's a really amazing superpower. And here's the key. Be a polite human to them. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not Just treat them like <laughs> treat them like they're normal people. Here's the secret tip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Be friendly. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> There's your life lesson. Boom. 25 minutes in, and now you are a better person. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I think I... anybody who's ever worked in the service industry knows that, like, that is the key. Sorry, I tuned out for a little bit because I got distracted by managing my Gen Con schedule. <laughs> so, how is your Gen Con schedule going? So, I scheduled a bunch of events, and as you know, I'm signed up for the Keyforge Vault Tour Day One, which is a sealed tournament. And I didn't sign up for the Archon. Because I didn't think I had a good enough deck. And then I opened that really good deck. And now I Did feel like I up? should sign up for the Archon. But I have um, a different event that morning. And it looks like I can't return this ticket because it's a paper ticket. And it's a sold out event. So I don't want to be that you person. You can return it. You just return it when you get there. Yeah, I guess. So and I'll just double Arcan- book myself and return the ticket when I get there. And the Archon events. Thursday. The Archon yeah, the Archon event's going to be fun. Um, even I don't, if I lose I'm, in the first round again. Even if you lose in the first round, you still get to play six rounds regardless. So, Cindy and I have been testing decks to see what we're going to bring. And we're probably going to end up using one of the same decks that we brought to the original Archon that we did. Are you allowed so, to? Bring, yeah. I, what is the power level restrictions? Are there any? I don't think there are. I'm pretty sure that once you've won over a vote, 9,000. <laughs> over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> it goes up to i think it goes up to nine um but i think once you've won a vault tour with it then you can't use that again but even then i'm not 100 percent sure 
but I'm fairly certain that in Archon, if you haven't won with it, you can bring it again. There was no, I didn't see any restrictions. I should probably look Do that up. Do they have chains? The ones you're thinking about? Um, vault tours are not chain bound. So even if you had like 50 chains, it wouldn't matter. Oh, so it, even if you have them from tournament play elsewhere, because I know you don't gain chains from vault tour, or do you? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Chains are, and again, for those who haven't listened at all to our podcast, um, Keyforge is a great two-player game. It won the award for best two-player game at Dice Tower Con this week. If you're interested um, in it, please pause, go back. We do an entire <laughs> episode on it. It's a good yeah. one, I think. But I think chains are a way of hand. Yeah, they're all, they're all great. Chains are a way of handicapping your deck in store play only. So if you're going to the stores, they don't want a single deck to like win every single week. So that's where they do the chain bound stuff. But any actual tournament or like a larger tour or or major tournament are not chain bound. So it doesn't matter if your deck has chains on it or not. So there's your keyforge lesson. Oh, do we have anything else? I do have some listener uh, feedback and general sort of questions, but more like talking points than questions and stuff that we can go to. But is there any other life events or anything else we need to catch the listeners up on? This is episode 151. It's like a new Hmm. start. I don't know. I'm just reading the Gen Con website. I'm really (laughs) sorry. I'm closing the tab. (laughs) Navigating away. I'm so distracted today. I I spend so much time in the car with my sister's nine-month-old and my 17-month-old, and I'm just like, done let's go to some <laughs> yeah, yeah, how mail. many hours were on the road um it was eight hours of driving plus like an hour and a half of stopping so we left at like four in the morning and it was just Ugh. very bad where did you <laughs> drive to we drove to pittsburgh ish and why my mom's sister and all <laughs> the rest of her family lives there here's a more important question chris we is asking the real question water it was really fun <laughs> Any fans of Frank Lloyd Wright? It was a good time. All right. Well, I was not dissing Pittsburgh. I happen to like Pittsburgh, but I just was wondering why you would drive out there. But it's right. pronounced Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the Western Pennsylvania accent without hearing my cousins and imitating them. But it it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I like the East Coast, but. All right. Pittsburgh isn't really the East Coast. Pittsburgh is like the Midwest of Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I guess. It's like on, on the, the Ohio side. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's closer yes, to Ohio than the ocean by a lot. Yeah. Wait. There's Pittsburgh on one side. That's on the west side. And Philadelphia. And then Philadelphia there. is on the east side. Right. And then you have Alabama in the middle. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where my mom's family lives. <laughs> that's the basic geography. So, fun fact. Uh, when I was you know, younger and in school, uh, geography and spelling and history, anything where I had to memorize something, I could not do it. And between the grades of seventh and eighth grade, they dropped spelling as a subject and I got to choose not to take history. So I had Forward thinkers with spell check. <laughs> exactly. So I got an award for most improved student because they just happened to drop <laughs> the subjects I was bad at. So yeah. All right. Pittsburgh. Next to Alabama. Perfect. I got this. <laughs> you should go tell people from Pennsylvania that they'll love it. Sydney started a new job today, and her coworker is an avid listener to country music and is taking four days off 
for a country music festival in Chicago right around the time that she's taking four days off to go to Gen Con. So Sydney has no real country music knowledge. This woman has no real, no real game knowledge. But I'm like, Sydney, you need to listen to the group Alabama. She's like, or actually, I don't know what I was talking. I think it was just said Alabama. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think she's from Alabama. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> the band Alabama. And it occurred to me that they were biggest in the 80s, which was before she was born. So then I was making her listen, listen to Alabama in the car on the way home. Fortunately, it was only a five minute drive and she only got to listen to one song. But apparently that was enough for her. So. Same. She just gets confused. It's like, you asked me to listen to Kansas, right? No, wait, that was Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Chicago's pretty good. Oh, man. The 80s. All right. Let's talk about some game questions. Um, what? I didn't think that was the point of this episode. <laughs> well, these are kind this of off topic. Most of this off stuff topic. is like feedback that we've gotten. We're finally on using other my things. joke. <laughs> yes. I think we've been doing pretty good. Um, but, and I put a bunch of these in here, but I don't think we're going to get to all of them. But I did want to get to. Oh, actually, I'm going to start with Jerry Wang. Hey, wait, hey. Wong. Hong? Jerry. I'm Jerry gonna, Wong. I messed. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Um, Jerry was actually one Jerry of the coolest. <laughs> he was one of the coolest people because we were standing in line for Dice Tower Con and he recognized us talking and he came up and I'm like, that's cool. That was one of the first times where like somebody just kind of walked up and like, wait, I, I listen to you. You mean the guys. only time? The only time we have been <laughs> recognized by voice alone? Um maybe. No, no, no. There's been a few other times. I was, I was recognized I've had it happen to me. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had it happen quite often, but I guess I talk too much. I should stop doing that. Anyway, Jerry You're a lot says louder Kitty. than I am. <laughs> if you don't know my this, in our Dice Tower News editing, I always like boost myself and lower Chris's volume so that he doesn't <laughs> talk over. I me usually, if only we could do that in life. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I just do the reverse. But um, yeah, no, Kitty, he says that if you generally use BGG on your phone, like he does, that you should check out the app Board Game Bible that connects to Board Game Geek and has lots of features from it. But it does not have forums in it. So as soon as it does, I might actually take a look at it. But the screenshots look pretty cool. So you can like track gameplays and what you own and your ratings and reviews and all of that kind of stuff which is still kind of a cool feature. I know a lot of people I play games with, they will track all their plays and they use an app for that. I do not have that kind of dedication. <laughs> I wish I did, but I do not. But I don't know. Yeah, my cousin actually just posted that same article that we talked about for an entire episode, the two-player game article, I think from New York Magazine. Mm -hmm. And my mom saw it and she's like, hey, have you seen this? It's like, yeah, I actually talked about it for an hour on my podcast, but I didn't put it on Facebook, <laughs> so no one I know pays any attention <laughs> to it. But she was being a really good sport. She's like, oh, I want to play all of these games. I really liked playing Patchwork with you. I'll play any of these that you have. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm psyched for that. We, your mom likes games, though. Like, She, she would get into games. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think my mom, she doesn't seek it out, but I did teach her how to play Keyforge. I, how many times can I bring that around there? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and she seemed to pick it up pretty quickly. Like, she wasn't overly competitive, but she won the first game, and then I switched decks, and then I, I tromped her on the second one. But in <laughs> in fairness to her... Okay, now we play for real. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, pick up your hands, double or nothing. Um, I have a deck, Lance Corporal Steel, 
which is way better than I give it credit for, because I think, ah, oh, this is kind of a medium okay deck. Uh, I love that deck so much. Not just because of the name, but it's just so much fun to play. All right, if you guys don't have any other off-topic things, I'm going to go to Darren Oh, Horsell. I can keep going, but you already right. said someone's name, so... <laughs> sorry, sorry, Darren. Kitty's going to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I feel pressure and I can't. Go ahead. All right. I like this one from Darren. It brings me back to my uh, younger days when I first first getting into gaming. Uh, he says, I was just, oh, I just want to say first, I love your podcast. We haven't got a lot of those recently. Not enough people say we love you. <sighs> but Darren does. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Everyone yeah, else is got... on notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a few, actually. They're very, very nice. There's another one we're going to put an entire topic around. Maybe not ne- eh, sometime in the next couple episodes. So if you've recently written in and said, I love your podcast, your email is going to we're just gonna create do a whole an entire new podcast about how much we love our podcast too. <laughs> yep. So episode 152, we love our podcast. <laughs> uh, but he says, I've listened to them all from the start and it's gotten better and better and you have helped me find some great games. I don't know that you're listening to our podcast because I don't we're, we're definitely going downhill. But Darren, I like Stop. your sense of <laughs> He says I have a question. I'm fairly new to gaming. I've been gaming for a year, and I'm addicted and can't stop. Every day at work, I keep listening to podcasts and constantly looking at new games and buying them. I have probably over 40 games now. Darren, you're just just getting started. I've also got into painting the miniatures. How do you cap it? I'm struggling at not buying a game every few days, as there are so many I want to try. Also, me and the missus love Arcadia Quest. Is there a game similar or even better than this game we can get? uh, Get worth oh that is worth getting something along those lines um so chris is the wrong person to ask about this <laughs> how do i stop that's why we have two other hosts we have an entire episode i believe on managing your collection which you can totally check out i don't remember yeah. what number it is off the top of my head oh it's in the 40s i think really that's worthy of a revisit because i think i've like come full circle on managing my collection since then. Cause when we start started recording this podcast, I had like three games maybe. And I went into this, like then I would take all the games that Chris didn't want that I kind of enjoyed playing. And then I started buying my own games and we started doing the Kickstarter edition. I started kickstarting a ton of games. And now I've like come around to not buying too many games again. And I've actually, Gotten rid of a lot of the games that I took as Chris's cast-offs just because I needed more games. And I and got those out of my collection. I gave some of them back to you. <sighs> Don't say like I gave them back to you and they stayed in your house for forever because you gave them all away at Gen Con. Don't lie to me. No, no, no. No, the, the new box is currently in the garage that will be given away at Gen Con. I have a second box here to be given to you to be given away at Gen Con. <laughs> right. yeah, I don't know that we mention it that often because I... Well, it's if I mention it too much, then we get overwhelmed. But yeah, pretty much if you have tickets to the Gen Con show, you are going to walk away with a game. And last year, the last year, the biggest game we gave away was I think that's when we gave away Gloomhaven last year. We gave away Gloomhaven last year. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think we have anything quite that exciting this year. Um, maybe. Stay posted. Yeah. Because I I have have a few things. Yeah. They're all big box games, and they're good games. They're just games that I have so many of them, I can't fit anymore. So, Darren, what I ended up doing was... 
giving them away. I bought a house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I bought a house that could fit them. And then it overflowed the designated room for games. And then I bought shelves that could fit them in the basement. And then those are now overflowed. So now they're in cool stuff, ink bags on the floor. And those will all go into the trunk and go to Gen Con. But I might need to get a van to get them all there. We'll see. Um, My way of doing it is I have a strict space. My games fit in this space. And there, it's not really a one-in, one-out policy because, you know, there's big games and small games. So if I get a new game, it has to fit in the shelves. And if it fits in there, great. And if it doesn't, I have to take a look and decide what's not worth sitting there. And a lot of times I've kind of... I feel like we've talked about this before. ...given myself, like, categories. Yeah, I'm sure we've talked about this before. But there's, like, you know, these are my two-player games. This is my big party game. And... I try to, you know, if I'm bringing in a huge party game, I'm going to try to get rid of an old party game I don't want anymore. I'm not going to get rid of all my two-player games to make room for more party games. And then when I'm bored and it's just me and Spencer, I'm not going to not have something to play. I haven't bought a new game that I didn't think I would play this year yet. There's two reasons for it, though. Number one is because... There's so many caveats on that statement. Well... (laughs) The first problem is I've, I've been getting a lot of new games because all these Kickstarters are fulfilling. So I don't have that urge of going out and buying a new game because I've already bought it two years ago. So, Darren, if you're ki- doing Kickstarter, it's only going to get worse. Um, but what I do now is what I'm really, really trying to do is play everything in my collection. If I have no unplayed games, which I've never had that situation happen, but I've been able to get to a relatively small percent, then it feels like it's okay to buy another one. If over half the games in your collection are not, haven't been played, then look at the game and say, okay, fine. But it's probably just like those other four games I haven't played yet. So maybe I'll go play those instead. But you mentioned Arcadia Quest. And Arcadia Quest, that's a game you can just play forever. Like, that was my pick it up in a fire game because it just plays forever. And there are two games that you should look at if you really like that. And that's Wanderer, The Cult of Bonacro Bay, which is done by people very, they used to work for cool stuff or cool mini or not. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of stuff was pulled over. It looks very, very Arcadia Quest, but it's co-op and campaign based. It's still campaign based Arcadia Quest is too, um, but it's co-op. Or in the direct vein, Starcadia Quest, which cleans up the rules a little bit, has you only playing two adventures, which is way better than three, because that third one was just a backpack anyway. We actually named a third character backpack because you just store stuff on them. Um, so both of those could work as well. And I cut Kitty off because she really wanted to say something, but I wouldn't let her talk. Are you looking at Gen Con again? No, I was reading uh, <laughs> different listener feedback because I saw my name in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on helping Darren not go too down the wrong... Yeah, get a small apartment. That's what I do. <laughs> Hold your game. Does it spark joy? Yes. If no, yes, it does. let it go. No, all games spark joy. Chris has That's a problem with his joy sparking center. <laughs> Easily it's accessed. It's always odd. <laughs> Need a new spark plug. <laughs> it, no, I think my spark plug is a little overactive, if anything. Although I did get a giant Cthulhu the other day. So... Cthulhu, Death May Die, which is another uh, Kaman game. I really want to say Simon because Kaman is just a silly name. But it's another Kaman game. Do they have the apostrophe in there? No. Yeah, because if they put the apostrophe, that's how I would have pronounced it. Yeah, it's just C-M-O-N, all capitals. 
Simon sounds right. But on the Dice Tower News, I pronounce it the way that I think, the, the, the way, way that they, they, they want they it to want be pronounced. It to be pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is my podcast and I can say Simon. So, but Cthulhu, Death May Die, they haven't shipped the game yet, but they shipped the giant miniature. So I have a miniature that is bigger than my child that is Cthulhu that I'm going to paint that's going to require spray paint and maybe learning how to airbrush or something because this thing is huge and it's going to take like a gallon of paint to cover. But I'm looking forward to it. I'll post pictures and I need glue. All right, Kitty, which one were you reading that you wanted to talk about? Well, and now I see there are two that involve me. <laughs> um, I was looking at um, Sam's email, though, here. And he starts right. with the best sentence we ever get emailed. Kitty makes such a good point. Uh, okay, continue. So he says, Kitty <laughs> makes such a good point about needing to limit the number of huge games or lifestyle games in a collection. After the episode, I looked at my shelves. At some point, I will try to take a self... A- I have such a hard time with this word. Shelfie... Uh, for you guys, <laughs> and I realized there are way too many large games on my shelves. Gotham Chronicles, Zaya, Arkham Horror the Card Game, Arcadia Quest, Scythe, Rising Sun, Seventh Continent, this is starting to sound like Chris's collection, Arkham Horror the Second Edition, and Third Edition, Gloomhaven, Imperial Assault, Star Wars Rebellion, I'll stop there, the list goes on. Any of those games would take more time than I have Sorry, let me try this again. Any one of those games would take more time to play than I have. Having all of them makes it harder to play any of them because the choices become so overwhelming. Back when Arkham Horror board game was the only large game in my collection, it would actually make it to the table once every couple weeks. Now, I rarely get any one of those games to the table over the course of a month. If I'm getting together with friends, I'm way more likely to play Wingspan, The Mind, Just One, or Deception. So, why all the big games? For me... Uh, part of it is definitely FOMO. The question, am I alone in thinking that big games can elicit FOMO more than smaller games, thus leading to a crowding of big games in a gamer's collection? I think I you think nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big games, because those are the ones where it has all the pieces and all the bits and all the add-ons and all the expansions all and the all the stuff you really don't need. It's oh, all yes. the exclusives. That's where they come from. You don't find like oh, I got this really fun card game with all these really cool exclusive miniatures. That just doesn't happen. You don't get those in a small box. That's what you the know what exclusives the promo are. Is? You know what the exclusive is for the mind? It's a card that says level 13. <laughs> that literally, the mind plays the level 12. But you can get a promo that says play to level 13. You know how you, you know, don't miss out on that? You write level, you write 13 on a card and say, boom, now I have this promo. Nobody is upset if they don't get the 13 card. But if you miss out on all of the Arkham Horror expansions, you're missing part of the story. There's a piece of your soul that is missing. <sighs> I also totally get the whole having so many games where you don't get any of them at the table. Like, I think we've all been in that situation where it's like, I have so much to do that I can't do any of it. I just want to sit here and just stress about all the stuff I have to do without moving. And having a collection there, and this goes back to where you're at right now. 40 is a good number. Stick with it. Because the more games you have, the less likely any of them are to hit the table. Because it stops being a playing, like a, a things that you play, and it becomes stuff you're collecting. And I, more often than not, I'll like sort out these big games and never want to open them because like they're, they're nice and sorted. Everything's in their the correct, you know, little baggies or trays or whatever. If I open it, I'm going to mess that all up so it's perfectly sorted. It'll sit on my shelf forever, and I'll never play it. And, oh, Sam, I feel you, man. Get rid of them. Pick the one you actually want to play. 
Get rid of the rest. Don't get rid of them. Just put them in storage. Someday. Spark joy. Spark joy. (laughs) What sparks joy? Marie Kondo would be so disappointed in us as a hobby. You know something? (laughs) I do not buy into that joy sparking lifestyle. Just because you haven't tried it. (laughs) You have to do it. You have to commit. Yeah. Some of these, uh, as I look at Sam's list, the only ones that I can be like, oh, you don't need that one are the ones I don't actually own. I'm like, Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, you don't need that. I mean, yeah. Imperial Assault, you don't need that. Even though I know I love Imperial Assault, I will never, ever touch that game because there's just too much to buy. Fantasy Flight, you are the death of me. Do you know how many of these games I own? Um, You don't own any of these games. Exactly. You should own at least one. What is your big I, game? I actually would own Scythe, but I just don't because the people I play it with all own it. So Yeah. But, like, what is your big... Do you have a big game? My biggest game, I think, is Time Stories, if you count the expansion. Like, the the packs. I have Near and Far. I have... I think Wingspan is one of my bigger games. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, we need to get you into a lifestyle game. I guess Keyforge is sort of... Keyforge takes up the biggest pocket of my shelf. Yeah, but even there, you've limited yourself. Like, you're, you're, you're within a respectable range of decks where it's not... A problem yet it's almost like i don't have a problem <laughs> almost <laughs> almost <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see oh tim waterman on huge games chris i'm a little surprised you are so reluctant to set up bigger games how does the same person who takes on adding both a DD live podcast a tabletop solo play podcast who is responsibilities while also becoming a new father and having a hard time taking a few extra minutes setting up a complex game i think you get the same enjoyment out of setting that up that you do from reading rule books i know i do all right tim i'm gonna confession time i love doing lots of things however as soon as it becomes an obligation to do those lots of things it becomes work and not fun so like playing D&D, I like playing d and I like recording it. As soon as I started editing it and I wanted it to be good, I'm like, oh, wow, this is way more work than I can do. So I gave it to Kitty. And Kitty, you haven't epi- edited a single episode <laughs> this is yet. so much work. I <laughs> have actually done all of the editing on like two and a half episodes, except I forgot how to make the iPad Sirenscape setup work. So I have to have you set that up so i can add a few sound effects to the first two that i've i've edited we still need to do part three of the very first session i'm not doing it that's dead i'm thinking it's the dead episode (laughs) (laughs) it can go raw they can hear all of our mistakes i don't care i'm just gonna put the raw audio up there (laughs) they can hear all the coughs and sniffles all of our mouth breathing (laughs) all of it (laughs) yeah so like well the D live thing that was a lot of like testing new mics that especially that first one the audio was so bad i spent literal days trying to get the audio quality just as good as it is now which is not good and yeah then we straight traded mics and then we had some mic issues and sydney's and kitty's mics kept trying to cross over on each other and that was fun and then depending on Even where the electronics mic is, can't tell us apart no, it's it was pretty bad. Uh, but we, but I still enjoyed doing it. And the solo play podcast, I have all the stuff I need for doing that. And then I started getting all these Kickstarter games. So my game room now, my game table just has a pile of games on it again. Yeah. And I work full time. And yeah, you can like tell the point in time. I think listening from Chris taking on more projects to starting to give them away when his paternity leave ended. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true and right now work isn't too bad 
but at any point it could become like really, really crazy. And, you know, I've traveled for work on a pretty regular basis. And so it's tricky. The fact that we get the news out and this episode out every Tuesday and every Friday is that's just a, I guess I'm just stubborn. It's more than anything else. Like, no, we're going to do this. All I wanted to do tonight was go to sleep early. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we have to record, which also means I need to edit, which also means I need to post this, which means I'm not going to sleep early. And it also means we need to watch Stranger Things later <laughs> than we wanted to. <laughs> I haven't watched season three yet. I haven't even started it yet. I, I mean, know. It's really good. I haven't started it because if I start it, I'm going to have to finish it. And I can't. I can't right it's just, now. It's just 10 episodes, right? Actually, I don't know how many episodes it is. I haven't even looked. I can't. But it's think really about good. It. I think I'm. Or it'll make me sad that I'm now so. an old parent who doesn't have time to stay up till three in the morning and watch a whole show. Yeah. I just sacrifice sleep that's actually how i do a lot of this is i just don't sleep a lot and i should sleep more because i do like sleeping but i don't sleep well anyway so it's like all right i'll stay up till two i'll wake up at six i'm really good at sleeping i am not i'm not so good at it's one of my favorite activities it's actually probably why i don't accomplish more because i very much enjoy my sleep if Spencer actually listened to my podcast, I think that'd be the first thing I said on here. They'd be like, I completely agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We have a couple more that I want to cover because Ed, and I don't know why I make myself say last names, but I'm going to say Wedig. What do you guys think? Sure. All right. Ed on vacation games. He's like, in your recent vacation game podcast, Kitty and Chris discussed catchphrase. He says, I hate to be that guy, but have you seen paraphrase songs in other words on Kickstarter? So by being that guy, a friend of his is actually the designer of it. So he's played it. And this is on Kickstarter for another four days. It's already funded. So it should, um, well, it'll, it'll fund. And basically the way this plays is you get a card that has three clues on it, I believe, and they are paraphrases of lyrics of songs. So you give the first clue, and then your team has to try to guess what that song is that you're paraphrasing. And then you sing it for bonus points. But um, their video is pretty cool. It was having a, it was like a huge group game of people playing it. So, and I just wanted to give a shout out to you and your friends and this uh, paraphrase, Songs in Other World. Other Word, no, I'm sorry, Songs in Other Word. On Kickstarter. Um, and then Paul Rumor, I believe it's how you say that. He says he's wanted to play Battlestar Galactica, but it's out of print. I may have missed it on a previous podcast, but if it wasn't hasn't been discussed, could you recap how such a popular game is in limbo as far as a reprint? And if there's anything practical that could be done about it. Paul, this one's easy. Fantasy Flight has the rights to the design of Battlestar Galactica. They no longer have the rights to the license of Battlestar Galactica. Therefore, Battlestar Galactica will never, ever be reprinted because the IPs, or the basically the game design is by one company and the IP is held by another company. So unless Fantasy Flight decides to remake the game with a different IP, which has happened in the past, you won't ever see this one printed again. And I will, I suspect that you will never actually see this one printed again, even in the game as it was with Battlestar Galactica, because the game system was so tightly like inter- intertwined with Battlestar Galactica's IP. So it is very, very so sad. So company now owns the IP? Um, not owns. So whoever they were licensing Battlestar Galactica from, they're no longer able to license it. Gale Force 9, I believe, currently has Battlestar Galactica. Um, I think 
think, or maybe I'm thinking of a different, there's another Battlestar Galactica miniatures game out there, which is not, I'm, I have no interest in that, so I haven't looked at it at all, but that's really what I feel really like licenses do come up every once in a while. It, it's not completely impossible that it won't get relicensed by Fantasy Flight. That's yeah, the only way I could see it. it being reprinted as if it comes up again. Yeah. Now, there is a lighter version of this um, that was released by Stronghold Games, I believe, called Dark Moon, which is basically, it was a um, kind of an indie design that they called Battlestar Galactica Light, which speeds up the game, and you use dice instead of cards. So, if you're interested in that type of gameplay, Dark Moon is still probably attainable, and there is no license to it. I don't expect Stronghold's ever going to do a reprint of it because I don't think it was overly popular. But it's worth looking into if you can't get Battlestar Galactica. So that that is that is my news for that. Okay, and finally, last one. Last week we ended with Jesse asking us a question. And this week we're going to end with Jesse giving us feedback on that question. And that feedback is... I'm, I'm changing colors of things. Hey, Chris, I actually had no idea what the last week's topic was going to be. I do listen every week, but this the, must have slipped through somehow. As soon as I heard the topic, I was thinking, great, wasted question. But it turns out it goes deeper than just picking your favorite. You have to look at longevity as well. For me, I'd probably pick Gloomhaven because of the longevity. Seventh Continent would be a great contender as well, but I feel like Gloomhaven would live, live a longer life. Jesse, I have one thing to say about that. If you ran into a burning house to grab Gloomhaven, I don't think you'd get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was our no topic episode. I actually kind of had fun with it. Sorry to actually put gaming stuff in there. We could have gone on forever just not talking about it. We games. really could have, except then you put me on the spot. And whenever that happens, I forget that I was going to talk about Frank Lloyd Wright for a while. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know who Frank Lloyd Wright is anyway. What? So. Did he design a house? Yes. Many of right. them. J- just a house. <laughs> in our just area one. as well. The prairie style is huge in the Chicagoland area. We should go to the house in Oak Park. It's well, fun. Which is weird because it has very low flat roofs, which is not great for the Midwest. Yeah. That's actually like all of his designs have like flat roofs. And they're all like I... leaky and like. Very <laughs> terrible. Very um impractical for where they are built. Falling so water is actually falling over. <laughs> and yeah. like all of the money that they get from tours goes directly into not having it fall into the river. <laughs> but it's really this beautiful when you're there. It's fun. Yeah, so he's more of an artist than an architect. Although yes. I'm sure I just offended all the architects who study him. He's he not he do- an engineer, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he do like an entire wasn't he, he did, did like the cost effective houses like built a house for like five thousand dollars or something like that it's fifty five hundred dollars and the funny thing about that is he only made that work and this is something my sister told me i've never read it firsthand so if i'm wrong please email me and correct me but um he never actually got it to work for that cost what he did was he stole materials from all of his other building sites to make that guy's <laughs> house cost that and that if you actually like adjusted the cost, it costs about twice as much, which is still fairly affordable. And now they've created a modern version of this. Um, I can't remember the word for it, but they're supposed to be like the Frank Lloyd Wright for everyone homes, but they cost like $700,000. Oh, uh, for everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's totally affordable. <laughs> well, I think the 50 of 100, that was like in the 50s too, though, right? It was. Um, I think it was like in the 30s. 
It was a while ago. But they were super, super Maybe cheap. Maybe the like 40s. They, yeah. Yeah. The idea was that they were creating this like really, really as cheap as possible house. Yep. So he's the inventor of the carport. Because garages are just where you keep your clutter. Very anti clutter. Oh, yeah. Marie Kondo would have loved him. <laughs> they should get together at in, in the afterlife. <laughs> I wish Marie Kondo well. Um all right. We are done with this episode. Gen Con is just around the corner. It is wow, it's the ninth right now. And yeah. Gen Con is less than a month less away. So we're talking three away. weeks. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the 31st no. of June or 1st, 2nd. I don't know. It's the first it, weekend of July. It's the first weekend think of overlapped. August. That's, that is the words I was trying to come up with. You came up with two other months. But August was <laughs> the one we were looking for. <laughs> it's the first weekend of a month. Uh, one of those months. I think there's a warm 13 one, of them. Even. A warm month. Yes. Uh, we're going to be there. If you're there and you're free Friday at eight o'clock, come out, check us out and you'll probably walk away with a game. Um, wow. I sounded really excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Come and listen to us and I'll give you something for your troubles. What? All right. We're not digging Uh, out of that hole. (laughs) I have nothing else. Uh, yeah, we're good enough. Tabletop game talk podcast. That's what we're on on Facebook. Basically, you just get notifications that a new podcast is posted. By the way, I'm posting podcasts on Monday night now because for some reason, our WordPress plugin that was scheduling them to go out in the morning just stopped working. So every morning I'd like check and it wouldn't be there. So I'd have to go and manually publish it. So I've decided as soon as I'm done editing it and pushing it up, I'm just releasing it. So if you're getting them really, really early, that's why. Um, But on Twitter... You can also get notifications that we're publishing podcasts. Uh, we're at Tabletop Game Talk TLK. No, Tabletop Game TLK. Uh, Kitty is Lawful Good Mom. Fletcher is Net Fletch. I'm Game Master Chris. Help us out on Patreon. Go to tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening. And remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons, Adam Harrison, the SGC, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Michael Ohl, Brian Arnold, John P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Wang, Stephen Phillips, Caleb O'Brien, Justin Willard, Christopher Dawn, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Redke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Loam, Phil Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dong, Christopher Vincent, Nate Baz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Salander. Mike Smith, Trevor Davis, Tim Verning, Chris Lowe, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Walkowiak, er- Emil Jewel Jacobson, Marina Stevens, Brady Meltzner, Gregory Huber, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Vorhofer. Now, now you have me doing it. I'm Leanne sorry. Holst. <laughs> Leanne, the most amazing person in the world, named <laughs> Leanne. <laughs> Christopher Letko, John Lewis, and Joe Rexdad. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right. What topic did we not cover that we can do after the credits? I think this whole episode is post-credit banter. (laughs) (laughs) Good enough.